The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Welcome to the Source of Truth podcast. We are so glad you've taken time to join us today as we take another few minutes out of the end of our morning uh, to study the Word of God and to evaluate Scripture and to recognize the relevance that it brings to every part of our life. And I want to welcome you and thank you for taking time to join us. Today I'm going to take a, a kind of we talk about a day off from Proverbs, and I'm going to take just this, this time today to evaluate a chunk of a chapter in the book of Psalms. Um, and honestly, when I say a chunk of a chapter, uh, should we say a tad bit of transparency from the pastor, uh, there are certain days in life that uh, there are just certain truths and certain times where your relationship with God is a little different. When I mean different, uh, you just have rough days, days where just see, life seems to just all come overwhelming. Um, and it, you know all the different things, and it just hits you, and, and then your mind roams, and it's just, there are days you just need to stop and just rest in Jesus. And we do a lot, we serve, and we work, and, but even as a pastor, so there are many days that I stop, and it just, you know, my mind's roaming in a million different things, and, and, and you know, Satan gets in, and you begin to believe some of the lies, and a lot of different things, and you just feel overwhelmed. And, uh, and so when these things happen to me, I often, you know, and, and it's heavy, you, you, we need, you need some kind of uh, release and help and someone to bear your burdens for those times. And I often, to me, run to the book of Psalms in times like that. I feel like that I, I can relate to much of what David's saying when he's writing and he's speaking to God and asking for encouragement, and I believe that I can, I can relate to that very much. And so in doing that, uh, this week there was one of those very much just days where just being in the Word of God and Psalms and just reading was definitely lifting and helpful. And I want to share that. I really just, as I prayed about this morning and I was preparing for this, uh, God really laid upon the chapter that I went to that was really going through my mind. And there's several different practical aspects for me that I, I'm going to just encourage you with today. So we're going to be in Psalm chapter 63. Psalm chapter 63, and I'm just going to, uh, first I think five verses or whatever it is, but uh, first few verses, let's we'll evaluate it, and I hope it's an encouragement, I hope it's a help. There are just times in our, in our daily life where we just, we just need to be encouraged and reminded of the relation, what it means, what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. So Psalm chapter 63, uh, David said this, um, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live, I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. I have been reflecting on different sections of this over the last, just in this last day or two. 
uh, in my life, and God has just used these things. It helps you to, um, my mind, I have a tendency to, one thought hits and I run, and it just kind of all kind of comes together sometimes. It can be overwhelming, and it just keeps running. I, it's, even when I go to bed, it just runs all night long, and, and that's one of those verses in there we'll talk about in a second. And this is a passage that I go to several in, in Psalms, and often, I, it's not always necessarily just reading, and sometimes I just reflect think about the truths of these, and that's really what was happening. So let me give you a thought. I'm going to break down, uh, spend a uh, chunk of the time in verse 1, because there's so much about verse 1 that I want you to see that I think are encouraging. And I'm going to start with just the first two words, oh God. The word God is a Hebrew word, Elohim. It talks of you know, just the goodness and greatness and the power and majesty of God, the awesomeness of God. And so the first thing we see in just recognizing who it is that David is praying to, we recognize the greatness of God. He uses that word El, Elohim, and he talks about the idea of the greatness of God. And we're recommending that we're, or remembering that we're not talking about just a spiritual leader. We're not talking about a politician. We're not talking about just a friend. This is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is God Almighty. That he's going to. And I encourage you that that is, that is a very important aspect of this chapter and the Word of God to recognize. You know, we're told in Scripture to come boldly before the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And oh, what an awesome privilege we have in that. But boy, may we remember, not, not, I don't, when I mean this next phrase, I don't mean this in fear, although it's there, and awesomeness, which I think is there. I think when we go before the throne of grace, we remember that it is a throne. And we kneel before God. We kneel before Him as our maker, as our defender. But you know, we kneel before Him as our Father. As our Heavenly Father who loves us, who, who created us, who died for us. He created us uniquely. He created us with our strengths. He created us with our weaknesses. He created us with those little quirks that we don't like, but He gave us for a reason. And he, he, you know, David said, I will praise the Lord for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God made us a specific way. And so we come before that God who knows us. He knows our, our weaknesses. He knows the things about us that we sometimes won't acknowledge ourselves or that no one else knows. And we go before that God as God. And then he's powerful enough to deal with our situations. He's loving enough to listen. He's gracious enough to give patience in the times that we need it. And that is the reminder of the God that we go to. He's not just a God. You know, so you look at the other religions. When, and honest, I feel when I think of other religions and their view of God, too many people view God as oppressive. They view God as, I have to do so much that God will accept me. I have to do so much, or I'm not good enough for God. And you know, I, one, I recognize, can you really do enough to be good enough for a perfect God? Can you really do enough to be good enough for a God who does not know sin, that put a son on the cross because of sin, that absolutely hates sin and, and frankly cannot look on sin. That's why when Jesus hung up on the cross, God had to turn his back on his only begotten son because of sin. So can we really do enough to, for our good to outweigh our bad to be accepted by a God who hates sin that much? No. Which is why I'm glad, listen, there, there's, why I'm glad that the teaching of those religions and that thinking where I need to be good enough to be accepted by God is false. It's empty. It's a man-made system that kind of forces us to get in line with their thinking, not God. David comes to God, and there are days that David comes to God, strong, bold, broken. And he comes to God, who has begged us 
to come to him. And I'm so glad that I come before a mighty God that doesn't say that I have to become something or fit a mold to be accepted. I come to God as I am. No matter the good, no matter the bad, no matter how, whether I've had a good day I feel like spiritually or a bad day I feel like spiritually, I go to him. And that sweet communion never changes. And I get right with him and I, and I listen to him. You know, I, interesting, I was reading a meme, and I don't put a lot of stock in memes per se, but the tr- I think there's truth in this. You know, a lot of times we get in trouble, and, and in, in today's culture, we're afraid to go to dad, right? But this comment was, uh, when we get in trouble, we need to go to dad or heavenly father. And that's so true. Sometimes we view it that way. I can't go to God because of what's going on. Honestly, it's the time I should go to God. So we recognize who it is that David's talking to, and then here's what he says. Oh, God, thou art my God. I love, not only do we see the person he's talking to, we see the personal nature of that God. You are my God. You're not just a God. You're not just the God. You're not just an, uh, a sp- supernatural being in, in somewhere beyond space that has power to affect my life. You are my God. David often called him his shepherd. So many aspects in Psalms where David reminds us in his own personal walk with God, reminds us, of the sweet communion of a personal God. You know, I I, I just never understand. He knows everything about me, and yet he still wants to be my personal God, wants to walk with me. And by the way, he's already forgiven my punishment, my sin, which is hell on the cross, and he wants to forgive my daily struggles. He wants to commune with me daily if I'm willing to come to him and repent and get those things right. Thou art my God. Then, Then David continues, early will I seek thee. You know, I... Can I tell you, there's so many applications you can look at when you evaluate these different things. And I heard growing up, or at least in college, I heard a lot about this phrase means you need to have your devotions early in the morning, and I'm not saying right or wrong on that. What I will say is this is the application I look at. So many times we, we try to find so many other answers for whatever it is that's on our mind, for whatever it is that is overwhelming us, for whatever it is that's... That, that, that burden that just seems to be too much. We try to go other places. We call friends, we call family, we look to get loans. We, we do a lot of things to solve our immediate problem. And, and I don't think either any of those things are wrong. I really don't. But how many times do we make God the last resort? Okay, we've done everything else. Well, now I'll go to God. And I know, you know, I grew up with a phrase which I believe is true. We need to do the possible and let God do the impossible. But can I encourage you in the process of doing what I can do, I need to go to God first. Lord, what is it you want me to do? If nothing else, can I tell you if nothing else, there are still steps I need to take in whatever scenario I find myself in. But isn't it nice to know that you have him to walk with you through those scenarios? Isn't it nice to know that you can go to him first and he can just give you a peace of mind? Where, where Paul told us in Colossians, let the peace of God rule in your heart. I go to him first because I need him to calm my mind. I need him to direct my thoughts. I need him to help me to throw off all of the other struggles that would come into my mind and just give me direction and peace and guidance before I move on to the next one instead of doing it in my own strength. Early will I seek thee. Then he continues, My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. You know, think about a place, where a desert place, where there's no water and how thirsty that would be. But let me tell you the application I get from that personally. My soul and my flesh, they thirst and long for him. 
in a place where there is no other resource and refreshment for those needs. Like there's no water, there's no food in this location, so my, that symbolism comes back to me like this. I live in a day where my soul and my flesh, they thirst and they long for God to move in a day when there's nothing else in this world that can give me the answer that I need. There's a lot of answers out there. Well, there's a lot of people who think they have answers out there, but they're not answers. Most of them are just more confusion, just noise, just static. Because, yeah, they might even verbalize it differently, but it's no different than it was 100 years ago, 50 years ago, 10 years ago. It's no different than, than the last guy who was in that office or the last person in that party or, or the last person on the news. They all say the same things because they don't have the answer. And so he says... I'm in a place where there is no real answer. That's today. I long for him as a, in thirst and in hunger because there is no real answer today. And he is the only answer. What does he long for? Verse 2, to see thy power and thy glory. So have I seen thee in the sanctuary. More than just church, I need to see this daily. I see the, the person of God, the power of God, the, the plea to God. And then I see his power. He said, because I loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. I, that is what I strive. So much of the people are striving for the things of the world, and it's your loving kindness. It's in my relationship with you that's more important. So I will praise you with my lips. He said, I will bless thee, verse 4, while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. All when I get this sweet communion, when I come before my God, and, and I recognize him as my God, and I make him the first thing that I go to, so I have direction and guidance, and, and I seek him not just randomly. It's not simple. It's not small. I understand that there really is no answers, and so I come to God with an intense desire to really hear from God, as Jacob did when he wrestled with him. I don't give up until there is an answer, and I keep coming till there is. And then when I get it, oh, man, the, the communion of what God's doing is so powerful and so amazing. I will, my soul will be satisfied. My lips will praise thee. But this one is, I love this, verse 6. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. How many times do you go to bed and your mind roams about all the things in the day and you just can't seem to go to sleep? You're trying to solve the problems and you can't. And they just keep you up and you lay there all night long. My, when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, there are times. And last night my mind was roaming over things that are just silly. And it's funny, things that are silly, they really carry no true, con, uh, true need or weight or anything. They're just, it's just what your mind does. You, spend some time in worship and think about the goodness of God and think about the grace of God and just reflect upon all he's done. You know, we're, we're told in, in November to be thankful. And we'll talk about Sunday morning how, what is one of the keys, what are one of the greatest keys to being thankful in a time when circumstances make that very complicated. You know, it's, uh, we're going we're gonna to evaluate that on Sunday, but the key comes down really to our sweet relationship with Jesus. And in those times, I need to lay there and say, Lord, I don't like the circumstances. I don't like this, but I trust you, and I am so grateful for that. 
Verse 7, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. When the heat of the day and the pressure of the world comes, I can go to the shadow of his wings. That, that kind of protects me from all of the things. I will have to go back there, and I will have to deal with the things of the world, and, I, and none of those things will disappear. But in the shadow of his wings, I find ref, uh, refreshment. I find release. I find just, just, a bit, just a bit of refuge from all the things that will come. And then I gain the strength necessary to go back out into the world with his guidance, with his strength, and with him holding my hand through those days. I don't, I don't know if, if that was at all a help to you, encouragement to you. I know for you know, just every once in a while in my life, this kind of thing is needed to go back to. And yeah, it's exactly how I just look at it and reflect. Can I tell you, it's more than just knowing what this psalm says. It's more than just reading it. Stop for a little bit and reflect what it means. Just take time to think about it. Don't, don't try to rush through six, seven verses of Psalms. Stop and just spend some time, as, as we're told to do, to meditate upon it. Think about what it means. And then accept the great gift that David gives us here, that God gives us through David's words. Accept it. Accept the peace that comes. Accept the grace that comes. And accept the strength and guidance that comes. And recognize that it's when I'm in my greatest form of weakness that his strength is made perfect. And that is where I need to be.